Hello and welcome to our inaugural Angel episode. That's right. You're listening to Slade, the Buffyverse Revisited. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Jeremy. I'm a 90s one-hit wonder, James. All righty. And like I said, this is going to be season one, episode one of Angel, entitled City of. Yes. Yes, Yes, it is. Very Um, good segue. Um, Very very good segue. uh, How are you doing, Jeremy? Terrible, terrible. Um, Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, I lost a leg in a tragic train accident. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so just terrible, terrible. Can't find it, don't know where it's at. Okay. In the meantime, I'll just have to hobble around like an idiot. Yeah, well, um, all right then. How about you, James? How are you doing? Anything new? I'm th- no, everything Everything is remarkably the same uh, in the last uh, 15 minutes. Yeah, it's almost like we. it's almost like we just did this. It is almost like perhaps we recorded uh, season uh, four, episode one of Buffy and season one, episode one of Angel uh, concurrently. Back to back even? Back to back to back even. Wow. Yeah. We're uh, we're pretty fucking good, you know, if I mean, just, just I mean, we did we we did have to delay the season four premiere of our entire podcast Uh because we didn't have the forethought to pre-record anything. Yeah, because we're months ago. As we've stated, we are we're functional idiots, is what we are. Yes. And are we going to learn our lesson? Like at the end of at the end of recording this season of the podcast, will we be like, hey, maybe to avoid what happened going into season four, we should go ahead and record a couple of episodes the podcast for season five. No, we won't do that. We won't do that because we're going to be, be, we will be salivating for our, for our, uh, our vacation, our month long uh, in between seasons. We'll be like, yeah, you know what? Let's just call it good. We'll hook up a week early and knock the, we, and we won't do that. And we won't do that. Something will happen to prevent us from that. And we'll be like, well, we should have, we should have done it when, when we could have right so again we are we are that's, functioning morons that's who we are as people that's just who okay. we are um yeah so yeah <laughs> so uh well with you know that being said uh, why don't you just go ahead and uh, fire up the grill and sizzle us up some dates and deets all right uh as as we did with uh uh season four of buffy um, new this season of the podcast, I'm going to give you an Angel Season 1 synopsis. And our Angel Season 1 synopsis reads, Angel, the dashing demon from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, embarks on his own supernatural adventures in Los Angeles, City of Angels, City of Broken Dreams. Between pervasive evil and countless temptations lurking beneath the city's glittery facade, facade L.A. is the ideal address for a fallen vampire looking to save a few lost souls and, in turn, perhaps redeem his own. Our dashing demon. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like it. I'm feeling it. In, in my head, I hear it in the, in the 90, 
late nineties WB announcer's voice. Yeah, or like or like the guy that used to do all the movie trailer, like in a right. world right. where our Angel. dashing demon has come right. to the Angel. city of angels. Angel. Right. Angel, the dashing demon from Buffy the Vampire Slayer <laughs> starts his own show in which things <laughs> occur. And stuff happens. Stay tuned for an all new <laughs> On hell. I mean, angel, because this is not Latin. I'm sorry. <laughs> Glenn Quinn, Charisma Carpenter, and David Boreanaz. Angel. Angel. <laughs> starting now. Uh, yes, as previously stated, we are revisiting, sorry, Angel, Season 1, Episode 1, the first episode of the series city of city of what our ep our episode director this week is joss whedon and our episode credited writers are joss whedon and david greenwald that's what we're gonna say who, david boreanaz no uh who has previously stated david greenwald as one of the creators of uh uh the series angel oh, I thought you were gonna say the coronavirus Oh my God. <laughs> Our original air date was October 5th, 1999, right after season four, episode one of Buffy on the now defunct WB network. Our Nielsen ratings for this episode were 4.8 million households when it first aired ranking it 79th out of the 135th network primetime shows for the week and third out of the 15 primetime shows airing on the WB for the week. So that's like yeah. 5.6-ish mil... Or no, 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 I'm sorry. You, that's like 9.6 million people watching. Because right. back then they considered right. two, two viewers per household. Right, right. Right. Um, so just and, under 10 million viewers. And uh, let's point out that the the uh, series premiere did better uh, than our season premiere oh, of Buffy. the flagship show. Yep. Yes. Well, I'm, I'm not surprised because, you know, it's the premiere of this show, period. Sure. You sure. Know, and everybody's like, oh, my God. Right. Right. Just like that. They all did just like that. Right. That's what I did. Right. I was like, brand new show. Right. Yeah. I was like, David Mariana. <laughs> David Mariana. <laughs> <laughs> uh, our regular cast includes David Boreanaz as Angel. David Boreanaz. <laughs> Charisma Carpenter as Cordelia Chase. And Glenn Quinn as Doyle. David Morano. <laughs> That's how we have to say from now on. <laughs> okay. Our guest stars this week include Tracy Mittendorf as Tina Clark, uh, Vito Reginez as Russell Winters, Christian Kane as Lindsay McDonald, John Ingracia as Stacy, Renee Ridgely as Margot, Gina McLean as Janice, and a very young Josh. Holloway, who is simply credited as good-looking guy. <laughs> okay. Good-looking guy. He is one of the vampires that Angel uh, 
deals with in the very beginning of the episode. Yeah. Um, really quick here, before we even get started. Sure. At any point in this episode, do we get Lindsay's name? Uh, we do not. Okay. I went back to a few different ep- uh, scenes, and I was like, okay, I must have missed it. But So no. they had him named, but we did not. Cause, so I don't refer to him by Lindsay at all in this in my notes because yeah. I never heard them them uh, give no. his name. I think we'll get it in the next episode. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it probably come, comes in Because he soon. becomes a, until the end of the show, he becomes a, a major he, player. I, I actually have some behind the scenes about that, and since you brought it up, I will go ahead and mention it right now. Um, Feel free to do so. Um, uh, shit, where did it go? Ladies and gentlemen, while he's doing that, I just want to say, <laughs> David Moreno. <laughs> uh, I'll try. I'll find it again. But um, actually, two two pieces of information mm-hmm. regarding Christian Kane. Um, he uh, and David Boreanaz were very good friends uh, prior to Christian being cast in Angel. I did not know that. I thought you were going to yes. say they really hated each other. <laughs> No, no. Um, and the second one involves um, uh, Christian Kane and David Boreanaz being the only two characters to appear in, uh, I believe it's the, f- very, the very first, first and the final last. episode yep. uh, of the series. Yep. Um, but I'll try and find that exact piece of information. That's definitely correct. I mean, I can just use my memory and, and say oh, yeah. for sure that that's definitely um, correct. But I think there was something more to it than that. I'll have to find. I've got it here somewhere. Something about man-on-man um, um, man, um, action. Loving. Yeah. Yeah. Our episode synopsis this week reads, After forming a partnership with a demon named Doyle, Angel rescues Cordelia from a powerful vampire who preys on luckless Hollywood starlets. Well, okay. It's pretty good. It's, it's pretty accurate, it's pretty, but it's it 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 nah. it doesn't do the the premiere justice. Yeah, I think I think mine's going to win again. Um go ahead. It says Angel relocates to Los Angeles where he encounters a stranger who experiences visions of those in need and a woman who lives in fear of a vampire. Okay. So yeah, okay. I think mine's I like a little it. more Mine's a little more on direct point, I think. Yours is more yeah. of a broad stroke, almost the B storyline kind of deal. But anyway, kinda, yeah, I can I can get on on uh, on board with that. So we open, and this is this is going to be a little bit longer than what we probably more akin to how the show used to be because. Man, I went in on it on this. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> so we open with a voiceover. Oh, it's my. A- it's, it's Angel. Los Angeles. You see it at night, and it shines like a beacon. People are drawn to it. People and other things. They come for all sorts of reasons. My reason? No surprise there. It started with a girl. And then we cut to Angel who's slumped over, uh, apparently drunk, at a dive bar somewhere in downtown Los Angeles. 
and he's growing increasingly maudlin about a girl that he misses. And he looks over and he says, you kind of remind me of her. And, <laughs> and sitting next to him is this big, bald, black guy. <laughs> um, he looks over his shoulder and he sees uh, three guys playing pool with a couple of girls and he turns back to his drink at the bar and it isn't long before one of the guys comes over and to close out his tab and angel drunkenly looks at him and he says girls are nice and the guy kind of gives him a funny look and walks off and uh, the three guys and the two girls leave the bar and Angel watches them leave, and as they get further away from him, he quickly sobers up. It's, he's been faking it, and he follows them uh, uh, out of the bar, and uh, he confronts them. Uh, well, the... The girl, one of the girls is talking about some club and she's like, can you really get us into such and such club? And uh, one of the guys is like, you know what? I don't really want to go to the club anymore. I want to party right here. And he grabs her and she kind of fights him off and tells him to stop. And he ends up vamping out. At that point, Angel approaches and he once again starts acting drunk and he's like, has anyone seen my car? It's big and black and shiny. And um, uh, I'll, I'll condense my notes here. Long story short, it, it breaks out into fisticuffs or as Jeremy would say, karate fight. And uh, Angel ends up do, has it does angel vamp out at this point when the fight starts not when it starts no okay um he uh the he's he and the three vampires are fighting he uh knocks one of them uh onto a, the hood of a nearby car and the two other vampires come running at him from opposite directions and in what is probably still <laughs> in my top five scenes, if not the number one scene on the list, just completely fucking awesome. Angel's got his hands behind his back and he thrusts his arms down and two stakes on arm braces pop out of the sleeves of his trench coat. And he proceeds to double stake the vampires. Yep. And I was like, oh, this is so fucking cool. <laughs> At that moment, you reached climax, didn't you? I reached climax. Yeah. Um, uh, so one of the girls um, comes over to try and thank Angel. And I think it might be is that's that at that point that he vamps out, right? You hear him vamp out? I thought he vamped out about midway through the fight. Somebody hit him with a board oh, or something. Yeah. And he was I, like, then he looked and he was vamped out and he's like, bad idea. 
Yes, you're right. And then right. he started kicking, kicking. That's when he went into overdrive and started kicking ass. Right. Um, so she's trying to thank him, and he he tells her to get away, and she's still persisting. And he turns around and snaps at her and tells her to get away. And she sees he's in full vamp face, and, you know, she's obviously scared and scampers off. And Angel... Uh, walks away down the alley and he uh, he walks by a pallet and breaks off a piece of the pallet and then stakes the vampire that he had put on that he had punched onto the hood of the car without even stopping and just one motion without just, even stopping pow. it's just one fluid motion boom um and uh um well, I should mention because this is kind of important later on um when he's snaps at the girl to get away from her we focus in on the fact that she's bleeding right and he's he can he obviously he can smell, he can it. smell it and, and he's just like um so yeah and angel walks out of the the alley and that is the end of our opening scene our cold open that's actually the whole episode. It, is the whole it was episode. like 35 minutes long. <laughs> uh, it uh, also, it's the end of our cold open, and it segues into what is possibly, it's got, it's almost, I'm going to put it at number two. Uh-huh, I, I can't, uh-huh, I can't, I can't uh-huh. give, I can't take number one away nope. from, Princes of the Universe, yeah. Queen for Highlander, mm-hmm. but it's got to go number two. Buffy, solid number three with Nerf Herder mm-hmm. uh, and the Buffy the Vampire Slayer theme. Number two, greatest theme song in television history has to be this. It's called Sanctuary by Darling Violetta. You hear, you're going to hear snippets of, well, you've been hearing snippets of it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the, for about two seasons, three seasons. Of for Buffy. about two seasons now, because we've been playing a, a snippet of it every time Angel makes his first And you heard it at the beginning of this episode. In a Buffy episode. And, and now it is the intro and outro to our episodes that focus on Angel. Go download the full song, stream it. I don't care. Put it on your playlist in rotation with other songs. It plays on my playlist at least twice a day. It's fucking awesome. I love it. It is number two on the list of greatest theme songs of all time. Okay. I agree with you 100% with what you just said, but I thought you were going somewhere else. What were you going to say? Because as we come back from what would have been our commercial break, we see Angel uh, coming down the street, and he goes into a an office front, an office building looking deal. It's obviously his. He has the keys. He gets in, and he walks through em- these empty kind of offices um, that he's obviously done nothing with. And he gets to the back of this of this area, and there's a. Uh, it's not really a freight elevator. It's a. Um, it's just an old style lift, an old style elevator. And he gets in that, and he goes down, and it goes down. It it appears to be a couple of floors, right. and he is now underground in what is the dopest fucking apartment, dude. See, where I thought you were gonna go was we. I thought you were gonna say we see 
the second coolest living quarters of a of a hero <laughs> after only after the loft and the dojo for McLeod. Um because this the, place um, is dope. It is. It's yeah, it's dope as fuck. Yeah. And I'm glad you mentioned uh the loft and the dojo because this gives me loft and dojo vibes. Tell me so that somebody hardcore. was not a fan. Come on. So hardcore. And I love the fact that it just in comparison of the two shows and the living quarters, Duncan's, he goes into like the main building, which is offices. Like, mm-hmm. like it's a, it's a business mm-hmm. and he goes into the lift and it takes him up to his, to his living quarters mm-hmm. angel on the other hand same process but his lift takes him down to his living quarters mm-hmm. where I, he is completely I, safe from the sun right and i love and yes they're two different shows two different two different universes and everything but as a fan of duncan and highlander and angel and angel the juxtaposition of the two characters in that in that way like struck me as a fan do you you get what i'm saying oh yeah and and you cannot convince me that somebody on this show or somebody's are not we're not fans right come on of highlander because come on it's very unique and i've actually had conversations with people who have said yeah i just i don't think i could live in angels deal there because it's underground there's no windows or anything i'm like I don't give a fuck. I could live down there. No, pro- dude, you could sleep at noon and have no problems with, you know, right. fucking light coming in and melting your face. And, you know, right. Uh, it's dope. And then, and then the other question is, and we'll see later on in the, like his, so his living quarters must kind of be like basement level underground, mm-hmm. not subterranean underground. Because there's a hatch in his living quarters that takes him that goes into, directly into the sewers, into system. the sewers, mm-hmm. so that he can get around the city. Yeah. Now, yeah, man, it's just his shit is so dope. It's such a dope setup because he's got a, he's got a set of steps that can go up or down from from above, but then he's got the elevator. It's just it's so fucking dope. Anyway, it's, so, it's honestly it's so much like the the loft dojo setup. Oh yeah. And even you could even say go back to the first Highlander movie with Connor's deal, you know, right. from, from his right. antique shop to uh, he takes the lift up and it's to this unfucking believable dope New York City apartment, you know. Right. Um, right. So yeah. Anyway, once he gets down into this incredibly awesome place he's living, there's a guy there. Um and those of you who were, happen to be fans of Roseanne will Im- instantly recognize him as he played Mark, uh, Becky's Becky's uh, husband, um, in the on Roseanne. Uh, here he's playing a character named Doyle. Um, and Angel's like, "What the f- what the fuck are you? How are you, why are you in my house? And like, what the fuck, man?" And so you don't you don't smell human. Yeah. And is it at that point that he sneezes and Yeah, he he fakes a sneeze and he shows his demon yeah. face. He's like and he's 
he's like, well, I am human, part on my mom's side. Right. And uh, so he's part demon, part human. And he says that he's been sent there by the powers that be. Which now, keep this phrase in mind because this is a phrase we will hear all throughout this show, the powers that be. And Angel's like, the powers that be what? <laughs> and Doyle, Doyle's like, well, let me tell you a little story. And James loves this clip, so I pulled it. It's about a minute and 40 seconds long, but I'm going to go ahead and play it. And this is, the, this is the little story that Doyle gives to Angel. Let me tell you a little bedtime story. But I'm not sleepy. Once upon a time, there was a vampire. And he was the meanest vampire in all the land. I mean, other vampires were afraid of him. He was such a bastard. Then one day, he's cursed by gypsies. They restore his human soul. And all of a sudden, he's mad with guilt. You know, what have I done? You know, he's free. Uh, okay. Now I'm sleepy. Yeah, well, it's a fairly dull tale. It needs a little sex, is my feeling. So, sure enough, enter the girl. Pretty little blonde thing. Vampire slayer by trade. And our vampire falls madly in love with her. But eventually, the two of them, well, they, they get fleshy with one another. And the moment he, well, I guess the technical term is perfect happiness. But when our boy gets there, he goes bad again, he kills again. It's ugly. So when he gets his soul back for the second time, he figures, hey, he can't be anywhere near young Miss Puppy Ties without endangering the boat. So what does he do? He takes off, goes to L.A. fight evil and atone for his crimes. He's a shadow. A faceless champion of the hapless human race. And that is the, uh, basically the setup for the show um, from yeah. here on out, which is, which is good. Um, they continue to talk after that, and um, uh, he goes into uh, Angel's kitchen and opens the fridge looking for a beer of course there's nothing in there but blood and angel's like why am i not throwing you out and doyle's like because i'm going to tell you what happens next and angel's like i know what happens next and he starts taking his shirt off slowly <laughs> and doyle's like whoa 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 no um basically he's like listen you know um let's go get a beer he wants a beer he wants liquor he wants alcohol so we cut, and the next scene is they're walking away from a liquor store, and Doyle's got his, uh, it looks to be like a fucking a 40 ounce because it's in like <laughs> a fucking paper sack and everything. So he's got his liquor, and he's like, listen, you know, it's not all about fighting. You know, you got to get, you got to get close to these people and, and open up, and, you know, you got to care about them, and, and yada, yada, yada. And, and Angel's like, basically like uh, have you met me um that's not who i am and and doyle proceeds to explain to him that that um he gets these he gets visions and they're very fucking painful it's like 
the worst migraine in the world, apparently. And then as soon as it's, oh, he sees flashes of of shit, and it's, apparently these are of people who need help. And he's like, for instance, I just had one. Well, I think he said yesterday, so the day before. He's like, and when I came to, I wrote this down, and he hands it to Angel, and it just says Tina, coffee spot, S period M period. Which did do we ever ever find out what SM means? Um, I don't think so. I don't either. So I'm not sure what that meant. Um, and he's like, Angel's like, why would some woman who does this, who's never met me, want to talk to me? And Doyle's like, have you looked in a mirror before? And uh, Angel's like, no, actually, no, I haven't, because I'm a fucking vampire and I can't see myself in a mirror. And Doyle's like, oh, that's true. No. Um, so he talks him into it. Um, the next thing we know, um, I don't know if it's the, I guess it's supposed to be the same night. Probably. Yeah. Um, Angel is now at this place called the coffee spot and he's sitting in there creeping basically. Um, he's watching this one girl and then he sees her come out talking to her boss, and he does refer to her as Tina. So he's like, okay, that's 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 the one I'm here to creep on. So he overhears their whole conversation. She's begging for more hours, basically, um, that kind of thing. And um, she uh, she comes over at one point at a table adjacent to his, and she's, she's kind of bussing it, cleaning it up. And he awkwardly initiates some conversation. Um they kind of go back and forth, and then he's like, well, you just look like you could use somebody to, or how did it say that? You could use somebody to talk to or use somebody for something. And she's like, well, I get off at 10. He's like, yeah. <laughs> no, uh, <clears throat> next scene, he's standing out by his car waiting for her to to come out, and she does, and she's all, like, fucking glammed up. She's, like, in a nice, like, black dress and, heels and jewelry and stuff and and um he starts to talk to her as she walks up and all of a sudden she holds up a can of mace to him and she's like i know who you are and why you're here and uh tell russell to leave me alone and he's like who the fuck is russell and basically he convinces her that he's not with this russell dude and he doesn't know what the fuck she's talking about and so she lowers her guard and they talk for a while and she's from Montana and um, she came here to, she doesn't really have any family or anything. She came here to make it big in Hollywood, you know, the, the same old story. And of course that's not working out. Um, and she's like, I, I've got to go to this Hollywood party tonight. That's why I'm dressed up. And she's like, cause the girl who's throwing it owes me my security deposit. You know, apparently she needs the money and, so she's like, well, it was been nice threatening you. I'm going to go. And uh, he offers her a ride. And so she takes it. And, um, the and next- there's there's a funny bit of dialogue in this scene where um, uh, Angel tells Tina that he'd like to help. And she's like, the only help I need is a ticket home. And she's like, and that wasn't me asking for money. And Angel says, where is home? And this is this is where Tina tells him she's from Missouri. Montana. She says she or Montana. 
she says Missoula, Montana, and Angel's face like oh, yeah. lights up a little bit, and she's like, "You've been to Missoula?" And Angel says, "During the depression, uh, my depression, I, I was depressed there." <laughs> yeah, yeah, I forgot about that part. I usually skip over stuff like that because I know you'll come in and fill it in. So, like, I give I give the bones, and I let you come in and put the meat in there. Um. So anyway, uh, yeah. Then they pull up, um, to, or they come walking into a nice, what appears to be a very nice, uh, high end like L.A. apartment. And what's going on there, Mister Ames J? Uh, we run into they run into Margot who is walking around and it's filming. actually Margot Kidder, <laughs> and she's she's videotaping people and uh, um. Uh, they go. Yeah, I found uh, just really quick while you're looking for that. I, I found sure. th- that whole um, camcording. Th- I, I mean, I know that's a thing that people used to always do back in the day, but I just found it kind right. of weird in this context. Like, it's like a Hollywood party with a bunch of you know Hollywood you know whoop de whoops in there and. And wannabes and whoop de whoops and whatnot, and she's just walking around with a camcorder. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm the only one. But didn't that seem a little weird? So it did, but then later in the episode, yeah, yeah, I know. Without giving anything away. Without giving. So you anything think it away, was for him? I think it was for him. Okay, okay, I can buy that. I can totally buy that. Because you know exactly the scene I'm yeah. talking about yeah. when she. When she calls mm-hmm. Cordy mm-hmm. later in the episode. Who? What? <laughs> um, wow, well, where was I? So you <laughs> think she she does, oh, so she probably does this a lot at these parties for women that she thinks he might be interested or, in. Or she's just videotaping these parties to get well, she was and, like specifically getting on like Cordy and stuff, and right. so now I'm thinking maybe she's doing this is her way of of this is what she does for him in order to not become one of these right uh, meals and you know what I mean and like right, right living it up in the high life you know right okay I can buy that um so uh, yeah she's videotaping and. Um, she spots Tina and she's like, you know, smile for the camera. And then she's like, she's of course immediately taken by Angel. Everything okay I, over there, buddy? As who, me? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was just, uh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, she, yeah, she's immediately taken by Angel. And Tina's like, he's just a friend. And, uh. And then she's oh. like, what kind of friend? <laughs> Is that David Is that David <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, it's, Tina's like, I really need to talk to you. And Margo's all like, uh, get yourself a drink. I'll be right there. And uh, Tina proceeds to pick up a star shaped, little star-shaped finger sandwich. <laughs> and she's like, she's like, cute. Everyone's a star. And Angel like, is unimpressed by everything that's going on. Could care yeah. less about this fucking finger sandwiches. He's, he's 
he's on one track right now. What do you think was like, what do you think was on the on the sandwich? What do you think the sandwiches cucumber. were? Cucumber. Was it? Was it? That's I mean what, I mean I don't know for sure, but that's uh, my guess. I was thinking brown schwager. <laughs> no. <laughs> wasn't wasn't brown brown schwager. <laughs> anyway, Angel is like he's one track mind. He's like, who's Russell? Tina's like, uh, he's someone I made the mistake of trusting. At that point, Margot comes back and she tells, she says to Angel, Tina says to Angel, this isn't going to take long. And they leave and Angel starts walking around the party and he gets approached by this guy named Oliver. And Ask Oliver, anybody about Oliver. And Oliver looks at him and he goes, you're a beautiful, beautiful man. And Angel's like, thanks. And Oliver says, you're an actor. And Angel says, no. And uh, that's when Oliver hands him a business card and says, I'm Oliver. Ask anyone about Oliver. No, no, no. First he says, he goes, you're an actor. And Angel says, no. And he says, it wasn't a question. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Um. So they they have a couple more lines they exchange and then off screen you hear a familiar voice and the familiar voice is talking is saying you know they asked me to come back and read for a third time i'm an actress i don't put up with things like that and And lo and behold it's tammy it's Tammy. Tammy the and Vampire Slayer. He's like, Tammy? And yeah. she's like, Angel, what are you doing here, bub? <laughs> they told it's me to so read good. three times. It's so good to see you. <laughs> and he's like, where's your watcher? He's like, where's Rufus? And she's like, Rufus Rufus died. <laughs> he, he, he was at the high school when y'all blew it up. <laughs> blew it up. <laughs> and he didn't, get, he didn't get out in time. He's dead. <laughs> so now she's waiting for a new watcher. Yes, yeah. We'll reveal, was, we'll reveal who it was at a later date and time. Right. Um, then Angel's like, oh, well, that sucks. And then he realizes... That the other familiar voice he heard right. was none other than Miss Cordelia Chase. Oh, what's her middle name? Do we ever find out? I don't know. Why don't you see if you can look it up while I'm doing this? I don't care that much. Okay. <laughs> um, so he he spots her, and he's, of course, like, Cordelia. And she's like, oh, my God, Angel. And he's like, nice to see a familiar face. Um. And she's like, I didn't know you were in L.A. Are you living here? And he's like, yeah, you. And she's like, uh, Malibu, small condo on the beach. Not a private beach, but I'm young, so I so I forbear. And he's like, you're acting? And she's like, can you believe it? She's like, it just, I started it just to make some quick cash. And then, boom, it was like my life. And then she's like, so are you still... Uh, grr. <laughs> he's like, uh, there's not actually a cure for that. And she's like, right, but you're not evil. I mean, you're not here to bite people. And he's like, no, I'm here with a friend. And she's like, okay, well, good. It was nice seeing you, but uh, I have to get mingly. I really should be talking to people that are somebody. And she walks off. And Angel's like, oh, it's nice to see she's grown as a person. 
Yeah. And he continues to walk around and he spots some dude talking to Tina and he and Tina have He's a little aggressively struggle. talking to Tina. I was just going to say he and Tina have a little bit of struggle because he grabs her by the forearm and she pulls away and walks back over to Angel. And of course, Angel's all like, who's that? And she's like, it's Stacy. He's a creep. You know, can we go? And and he's like, well, he yeah, said, any guy with the name Stacy has to be a creep. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, You're either a creep. Never mind. I'll just leave that alone. I'll just leave that one alone. Um, so uh, they go to leave and they end up. Uh, they get jumped in the elevator on the way to the parking garage. And um, By children, it's just children. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, one one grabs Tina and they get jumped by three guys. One grabs Tina and the other two tackle Angel and they fall back into the um uh elevator elevator and the doors close as Stacy steps out of the elevator next to to the one that closed. And uh as, as the elevators are closing, you hear the sound of that always accompanies someone vamping out. So yeah. you know Angel's in that uh, in that elevator taking care of business. He and here's the thing. They don't explicitly say this, but he killed those motherfuckers. Oh yeah. Like he literally drained them. Well, I don't know about that. No, he he drained them. I don't he's think like, he He's like he's like, "Whew, finally got me a drink." No, I don't I don't think he did that. <laughs> I don't think I don't think so. He drank them. No, no, I don't think so. He drank them. No. We all um, know he actually drank them. No. Uh, All in favor of he actually drank them, please post on Facebook. No, he did not drink them. He drank them. No. Because he's like, listen, um, they're, 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 they're bad guys. Fuck them. No. They don't count. This is actually Doyle specifically. <laughs> I, I know. I know. And he's like, you know, Doyle was actually right. I mean, these are bad What's, guys. They don't even right, count. Because we didn't, we didn't say. But when Doyle is giving Angel the rah rah, you're supposed you have, you have a greater purpose speech. Doyle says to Angel, you know, when was the last time you tasted human blood? And Angel's like Buffy, and Doyle's like, yeah, and you've been craving it ever since. He's like, if you don't start making connections with people, it's not too long before one of those hapless victims start looking looking tasty. And suddenly you're thinking to yourself, well, what's one against the many that I've saved? Yes, but Angel being the brilliant mind that he is was like, wait a minute. It won't be a hapless. It won't be one of these, these, these poor victims. I can eat the fucking bad guys. Because I'm knocking out two birds with one stone. He, no, he doesn't. He doesn't I'm, eat I'm, I'm doing away with the bad guy. And I'm 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 feeding my hunger. That's what he I doesn't would do. eat. He I doesn't do. eat the bad guys. That's what I would do. Um, so uh, Stacy grabs Tina and he's like, he just wants to see you. That's all. Tina's like, she stops struggling and she's like, okay. So they walk through the parking garage, and uh, they get into a uh, car. I believe it's a Mercedes. Yeah, and it is. 
Angel comes out of the elevator, and of course the two other guys are unconscious in there. Dead, Not dead, dead and drink. drank. He didn't drink them. And he runs through the parking garage. I love seeing, this. I love this. <laughs> seeing the sedan, the Mercedes, uh, pull away. And he hops into his convertible. Oh, that we didn't mention. What's Angel driving? See, and you're going to try to argue with me that there aren't people on this show who are massive Highlander fans. Come on. Come on, bro. What's Angel driving? He's driving a black convertible from the 60s. It is a... Black 98 Plymouth Belvedere GTX convertible. Yeah. Fucking beautiful. Nowhere near a, a 64 Thunderbird drop top, though. No, but I would I would gladly add it to the collection. Yeah. Well. Um just really quick. Um Sure. So they're they're now in the car. The guy or the bad I'm, guys in the Tina. bad guy that's driving, and then Stacy's holding um, Tina in the back seat. Just really quick. Do you think Stacy's mom's got it going on? Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Okay, I just wanted yeah. to know. That's all. Did, like his, did you see, his hair is luxurious. It like, is that, luxurious. That's good jeans. That's like Pantene Pro V, right? Like, shit that's, right there. A, a good jeans play plays into that a lot too. Yeah. So yeah, his mom's definitely a smoke show. She's got it going on. Okay. Yeah. Um. So he sees them pulling away and he runs and jumps into his convertible and he goes to put the keys in the ignition and they won't fit. And why won't they fit, Jeremy? Because he's in the wrong car. <laughs> he, he looks around and he's like, the he goes, damn garage. it. <laughs> And he sees an identical convertible parked a couple spots down. And he's like, damn it. Yep. And he gets out of the car. Oh, and I love that. then we cut to Angel uh, driving with, uh, towards a head-on collision with the Mercedes. And the driver of the Mercedes chickens out. And he crashes into one of the other parked cars in the garage. Angel gets out of his car and he kicks the car door of the sedan shut onto the driver who had started to open the door. Um, and he grabs his, the, the driver had gotten out of the, the car and had pulled a gun and Angel kicks, kicks the door into him and grabs the gun out of his hand. And he points it at Stacy, who's also gotten out of the back of the car at this point. And Stacy's like, whoever you are, you don't want to get involved here. And Angel tells Tina to get into the into his car, and she does. Stacy's like, you know what? I don't think you're going to pull that trigger. And Angel cold cocks the guy. And he's like, good call. And he drops the gun and gets back into his car. And he and Tina drive off and then we cut to Cordelia again. And where's Cordy and what is she doing? Jeremy? Well, Cordy's down on her luck. She's on the corner. No, <laughs> she she's is in a, a she's horrible... in LA. She's not down on her luck. She's, she's making... in a horrible flea bag. She's making casting call videos. <laughs> if you know what I mean. 
I don't know if this is a hotel room or like a one like a like a like a uh, studio apartment, but it is a shithole. And she's got like one dress that she's hanging back up in the closet. That's what she was wearing at the party. And um, yeah, it's just she's got nothing. She is broke as a motherfucking joke. And she sits down on the couch, kind of very, um, you know, defeated. And it looks like she's eating a just a single piece of like folded up bologna or something. No, she she's got a couple of those star cut finger sandwiches. That's that she right. Stole from she, the party. She, she, yeah, yep, you're right. And she's, I know. she's listening. <laughs> wow, she's listening to a uh, her her answering machine. Yes, folks, this is prior to voicemail. Uh, she's listening to her answering machine, and it's her douchebag fucking agent who's like, yeah, we don't really have anything for you right now. Don't call us. We'll, we'll, we'll call you. And I'm like, well, you would get fired fucking immediately. To, you know, don't call us. We'll call you. <laughs> like, wait a minute. You're my agent, you piece of shit. Anyway, so she's pretty defeated. Um, then we cut back to Angel's amazing crib. And he is making, I believe, tea, hot tea. He is making tea. Okay. Because we hear the little <laughs> from the teapot. Yes, I also do Foley effects. Um, and not well, not well, but he does them. Yeah, right, right. I never, I never said I was good at it. Um, and he's he's pouring some out into a couple glasses, and he's like, "Do you take cream and sugar?" And she's like, "Yes." And he's like, "Okay, I don't have those things." <laughs> And I'm like, well, why would you fucking ask, you know? <laughs> what the fuck? So, anyway, um, they're talking, kind of having a heart-to-heart, and he's like, listen, you know, you, you you can stay here until we figure out, you know, what's going on, you know, and get you safe. And then she's immediately like, well, I guess, okay, let's fuck now. And he's like, what? Like, she, she thinks... That that's what he wants for right. his help. She, she tells him, she's like, it's not like you haven't earned it. Yeah, and he should have been like, you know what? You're right. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so, no, anyway, they sit down, they talk some more, and and um, she start, he, he asks about Russell again. And uh, she talks about, she's like, you know, he's he, t- he loves pain. He talks about it like it's his... A friend, I think she says, his close friend or something like that. And she's like, you know, all these girls, you know, that, that he's going, that they disappear and, and, you know, you never see him again. And some of them were my friends and, and Angel's like, well, not anymore. And, um, then she kind of, um, goes to sleep or starts making her, bedding area and we cut to a, just a little bit later and she's falling asleep and he kind of pulls the covers up over her and just immediately starts snooping in her shit and mm. pulls out her like a little address book and um see some names in there some female names and um oh buddy this next scene this next scene's rough for me james um again just like last episode I don't know where the fuck he's at. He's at the he's at the Los Angeles Public Library. Okay, so it's apparently open at like eleven o'clock at night. Okay, so he's at the Los Angeles Public Library, sitting in front of 
I don't know, 73 different computers he's got going at once. <laughs> he's rolling around between them looking at um, – at, at one point, he literally types into a search engine – Oh fuck! I should have wrote it down. Um, young women, young women murders. I believe is what he types in, and that gives him exactly what he was looking for. Of course, um, and like I said, he's rolling around between like four computers, and he's pulling up all these you know missing persons uh, cases and whatnot, and um, pictures and the whole nine yards and. He spots one that matches the name of one of the girls from her address book, and it's showing like her body after it had been recovered, and like um, this tat this this tattoo that she had. And Angel's like, "I've solved the case," and um, <laughs> that's the end of the episode. No, um, then we cut to him down in the sewers, um, making his way subterraneanly. Ooh, oh, is that a word? That's not a word. Yeah. Um, subterranean, subterraneanly, yeah. You think that's a word? I think that's a word. I'm sure it's not, but we'll go with oh it. Oh my god! But we'll go with it. Um, so which he's... also, also, just to go back to your snide remark about the Los Angeles Public Library being open 24 hours a day, mm-hmm. um, since he can get everywhere in the city via the sewer system, it doesn't need to be open. He'd probably in there illegally. Oh, so you think there's a sewer access hatch inside of each building in, <laughs> in Los Angeles? Not each building, but probably the ones he wants to get to. Just the ones he needs to get to for story purposes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I got you. I can buy it. Uh, anyway, so he's he's uh, heading through the sewers, and he starts hearing um, Tina's voice, and she's like, sounds like she's having a struggle, and she's uh, crying out. So he fucking speeds up and gets to a ladder, Goes up the ladder, lifts the hatch, and it's into his apartment. So it's super fucking dope. And he comes up, and it's her, and she's having a fit, like a fitful dream. So he grabs her, and she's, oh, and hugs him. And he was there. He was eating my face or whatever it was she said. And he's like, uh, yeah, no. Um, but he's like, listen, so the what was her name? The friend that was missing. I should have wrote it down, and I didn't. Um your friend that's, you know, is missing. Did she have a tattoo? Denise. And, Denise. Denise. Denise, that was it. And um, <laughs> she's like, yeah. And then he immediately goes, he just immediately goes, she's dead. <laughs> and, like, not even, like, just like, you know, okay, listen, she she, she might be. He's just like, she's dead. And uh, <laughs> Tina's like, what? And then he's like, listen, it's Russell. You know, he picks girls with no families that, that no one, you know, will care, that no one will notice is missing. Um, and she, all this is going through her mind, and she's like, oh, fuck. And she looks over, kind of over his shoulder to the coffee table, and she sees that note that Doyle had given him at the beginning of the episode that's got her name on it and her where she worked. And she's like, where did you get that from? And he's like, uh, uh, you wrote it down. <laughs> she, she understandably given her situation. Yeah. Loses her, her shit. shit. And he can't come up with a, and he's like, no, 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 it's not like that. Well, she bails. She runs up the steps up to the top level. He follows right. her. Um, Cause she, she basically accuses him 
uh, once again of being of being in, in Russell's with employ, Russell and, yeah. and this is all some sort of sick game that Russell's playing. She's like, "You're in league with Lucifer." <laughs> and uh, anyway, so uh, he's like, "No." So he's following her. Um, they get upstairs. She gets to the door, and it's daytime. And as he reaches out to like grab her shirt, a sleeve, it gets hit with the sun. His shit starts smoking, and it makes him instantly vamp out. And she turns and sees that, and now she's really like, I'm done. We're done. It's all done. <laughs> and <laughs> she fucking bolts out the door, and he's like, mm, bad, bad, uh, bad timing. Bad timing. Probably ought to use some Clearasil. Um, mm. Then we cut to her arriving at her... Her also shitty apartment, much like Cordelia. Um, and she's, obviously, she's a wreck. She's freaking the fuck out. and She's just grabbing shit randomly. Uh, she grabs a suitcase. She's packing. She's, she's, she's getting the fuck out, which I don't blame her. And then Russell appears. And this is the first time we've seen old Russie. And... He apparently owns the whole goddamn fucking block, the whole city. This guy is extremely wealthy, okay? Very wealthy. And he's all like, you know, calm down, don't freak out, you know? And she's like, <clears throat> you know, I, I got to go, I'm going to go. And he gets her all calmed down, and he's like, listen, just whatever you want, I'll, I'll, I'll just tell me what it is you want. And she's like, I want to go home. And he's like, done. And at this point, he's up close to her, and he's holding her, you know, arm by the arms. And and she's like, there was this man, and da-da-da-da-da, and he, he turned into the most horrible thing that I've ever seen. And he goes, well, the most horrible thing you've ever seen. He's like, you're young. And then he vamps out, and she's like, blah! And then he eats her. And Tina is no more. Yeah, well, so, hold on. Well, he eats her, and then split, well, you know, like within a couple well, of seconds, Angel so, shows up, he opens the door to her apartment, and finds her dead. Right, I was going to say, he, he vamps out, and he goes in for the bite, and then we cut to Angel racing up to her apartment, yeah. And he flings open the door. Or is the door already open? No, he kicks it in. No, he doesn't because he wouldn't be allowed to. How the fuck no, did he get she's, in? She's because dead. she's, she's dead. dead. That's it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I don't remember if the door was open or if did he kick it in. Boy, now I don't. Rem now I'm second guessing myself. I don't remember. Hold on. Let me see. And it, when he flings the door open and looks inside. It's just Russell with a top hat, and he's going, Hello, my honey. Hello, my daughter. And Angel's <laughs> um, like, what the fuck? Oh, no, he didn't. He opens the door. So okay. he didn't. It wasn't open, and he didn't kick it in. Okay. But, yeah, he he opens the door, and he sees her on the floor, and he walks into the apartment, which right then and he there. He knows right then been. and there she's dead, because otherwise right. he wouldn't have been able to walk in. But, yeah, she she's dead. And I really and, hesitate to call it an apartment. Right. And I remember watching this for the first time in 99. Did you cry? No. 
but the fact that she died fucking blew my mind. Yeah, because you're thinking, wow, she was like the main character of this episode, and they, they offed her. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I was... This is like, back before shows did that, like, on a regular basis, like they do this, now. Here's what I'm going to say. So, everyone likes to say, and I've kind of alluded to this in the past, everyone likes to credit Buffy the Vampire Slayer for kind of creating the genre of TV we have now where you literally don't know from week to week what characters are safe and what characters aren't. And I refute that and I present to you this episode of Angel, City of, as my evidence that it wasn't Buffy. It was this fucking show. It was the Buffy-verse. That That's not what I'm fucking talking about. Yeah. It's, it's the Buffy-verse. <laughs> Let's quit but splitting fucking hairs here. I'm not splitting fucking hairs. Listen, did Buffy change the landscape of television and like the way television stories are told? Yeah, no. it certainly did. I mean, yes. <laughs> yes, it certainly did. But this, to me, I I would argue that this is the show that really put it out there that nobody is safe from episode to episode. Name a show before this where the hero would not have saved the damsel in distress. Highlander. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. G- give me an example. Let me think. It's really hard to put Tessa. I see. Main I character axed. Richie, mm-hmm. main character, seemingly axed. Hugh Fitzcarran, uh, main character, axed. Come on I now. Dis- I, I disagree. Well, you, it's okay to be wrong. I've said but that before. But Hugh Fitzcarran wasn't even a main character. He was a guest star. He was a main recurring character since the first season. At the point when he got offed, he had only been in three episodes. Four. But he was a main recurring character. Uh, I disagree. Well, it's I okay disagree. to be wrong. Sorry, I, but I'm not. It's okay so. to be wrong. If you need to tell yourself that okay. to make yourself feel better for being wrong, that's fine. Okay. That's All fine. Right. All right. I would also argue that, yeah, killing Tessa off was a shock, but it was also a season and a half into the show. It was, it was two seasons in. <laughs> no. Because she died, she died uh, in, in into season two. Yeah, but she was also a main character since the fucking premiere. Right. She was his love interest, and and he had failed. I wouldn't say a hundred percent failed, but he had fucked up saving people before. I'm just saying, dude. They didn't. I disagree with you. I don't think they broke any new ground here. I don't know. I think it's been done. I don't know. It's been done before. Especially in the UK, dude. That was a big thing in the UK in UK television. 
Fuck the UK. What the fuck do they Whoa, know? Oh, you fucking mind your manners, sir. We have listeners the in the UK. <laughs> Limey bastards. Whoa. Whoa. I hereby censure you. You hear me? <laughs> so, uh, in the original script, in this scene, um, it ended uh, with Angel cradling Tina in his arms. And then licking the blood from from. Are you serious? Because he, he touches he touches her neck wound. Yeah. In in this scene, and he stares at his hand, and he kind of like backs away from the body. Oh. Um, I thought you scene, meant he licked the body. Oh no! I was like, whoa! <laughs> like he's um, just like Tina. No. <laughs> but um, in the. In the original script, the scene ends with him licking the blood from his fingers. And uh, even though Joss claims and argued that that moment was kind of the whole point of the episode, showing how Angel's struggling um, in his goal for redemption, uh, Tim Miner ultimately cut it, um, saying that... it. Uh, the episode was dark enough in that he didn't save the girl. I don't think you needed him licking her dead body. At, <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, but how fucking funny would it have been? <laughs> like, he's it just like, no, been. Tina, I can't believe it. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, it would have been but hilarious. Yes. So they they ended up cutting that part of it where. No, yeah, I, he, I, I agree. Good, good call on the cutting of the uh, licking there. Yeah. Right. Because, like you said, like it's already dark enough that he doesn't save the girl. Yeah, yeah. Like, which, yeah. Spoiler alert: happens a lot in this show. Right. It seems like he's about fifty. He's batting about five hundred in this show, really, when it comes to saving people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's probably um, not the best. Yeah. Right. Um. So then we cut to. Um, the scene immediately after that is uh, we're kind of seeing through the uh, window of Tina's apartment and we're seeing the police there and they're, they're putting the body in a body bag and hauling it out and we pan out and we see that Angel is standing on the roof of a building like next to the building looking in and watching and licking and, his finger he's like <laughs> finger licking and, good and he tur- he turns around and uh, jumps off the the roof. He's fucking pissed. You can tell by the yeah. way he moves. He's fucking pissed. Right. And then we cut to Russell, and he's meeting with um, who we will come to know as a as lawyer Lindsay McDonald with Wolferman Hart. I think. Well, okay. What? I think you're you've skipped a scene. What? What scene? Angel being pissed and getting back home and uh, uh that I think that comes after this scene, doesn't it? No. But it's okay. Oh, oh, maybe not. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. No, it's just it's just a it's pretty quick scene. It's Angel coming home and Doyle's there and he's like, you know, I want to find this fucking Stacy guy and 
Um, he's going to need some fuck. Or Doyle's like, well, how are we going to do that? And he's like, well, they got a car that's going to need, you know, some serious bumper work. So he tosses him the yellow pages and he's like, if I find the car guy, I find Stacy. If I find Stacy, I find Russell. And, um, he's like, you know, he's like, I don't want to open up and I don't want to share my feelings. He's like, so what happens when we find Russell? And he says, then I'm going to share my feelings. Then we cut to the lawyers with uh, Russell, or the lawyer. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, um, so yeah, as you said, this is Lindsay, who we, we don't know this yet, but we will come to know. This is this is Lawyer Lindsay. That's what it says on his actual uh, mm-hmm. business card. It says Lawyer Lindsay. Um, he's uh, clearly works for a large firm. And he's kissing all over Russell's ass. Russell's sitting there in his big mansion watching a videotape, and he's talking about, you know, the so-and-so merger is going to go through because basically you killed all their fucking board members, but he says it in a different way. And um, and he's like, oh, and by the way, the girl, you know, who's talking about Tina, he's like... Um, you were never there. You weren't even here. You were at a conference yesterday. In fact, there's even a an eyewitness who places a dark-complected man at the scene who was leaving with blood on his hands and blah, blah, blah. So this is like a really fucking dirty um, law firm. Um, yes. And uh, Russell's like, you know, very good. And he's watching and <clears throat> more on the videotape. And who does he see on the videotape but... A Cordelia Chase and Tammy off to the side. She's on the very side. <laughs> she's smoking her cigarette. She sees right. the camera. And she's like, hey. Right. And yet, ironically, Russell still chooses Cordelia. Right. Crazy. But he's like, yeah, I don't know. Who, I want to meet this girl. And Lindsay's like, okay. And um, then we cut to a large window, like a plate. Hold on. Oh. Because Lindsay's basically like, you know, are we going to have to come up? Are we going to have to create another alibi? And Russell's like, nah, I'm just hungry. Yeah. (laughs) And then we cut, like I said, to a big, like, plate glass window. And this dude goes flying headfirst out of it. And uh, Angel's on the other side where he's clearly um, ejected someone from uh, the premises. And then he has Stacy down on a weight bench. And he's got the fucking weight bar over his throat. And he's like... You know, tell me about fucking Russell. Where does he live? What's the security like? Yada, yada. Stacy's like, you know, you know, you don't want to get involved and blah, blah, blah. And Angel's just like, bitch, I'm Angel. And he's like, that's true. Here's everything I know. And he tells <laughs> him. Um, <laughs> and then we cut to Cordy in her crappy, crappy apartment. And she's like, what do you call this? Is this like transcendental meditation or something she's doing? I'm not, I'm not sure. She's like, she's like in a meditation pose and she's like, she's doing that positive thinking or positive talking thing where she's like, you know, I will succeed and people will help me and I am, I am good and blah, 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 blah. And and she's like, and I'm starving. And so she probably hasn't eaten in a couple days. And I'm like, here's what I don't get. Cordy's a 10, right? Am I, am I right? Yeah. Okay. Throw that dress on. Go literally anywhere in public, and there will be dudes lining up to take you out to dinner. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm not saying she even has to do anything, put out or nothing. I'm just saying, like, 
She's a fucking 10. It shouldn't be that hard to get a meal. But anyway, phone rings. She answers. And it's the chick that threw the party from earlier. And she's like, guess who wants to meet you? And Cordelia's like, the president? Obviously, the president (laughs) would want to meet me, right? No. She says, you know, could it be, you know, an agent, a director, a a assistant of an assistant of an assistant who wants to spring for dinner? And uh, (laughs) she's like, Russell Winters. And Cordelia goes, the finance guy? (laughs) And she goes, oh, he's much more than that. You know, he... He, he makes people's careers, you know, take off in, in this town and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, a limo will come to pick you up and take you to his house. And um, Cordy's like, well, they have sandwiches? <laughs> and uh, so she's like, Urker. And they're going to go to do that. So then we cut to... Um, well, and my, this is, this is what's, what Margot is doing in this scene and the fact that she's the one that that Lindsay reached out to to get a hold of Cordy is what leads me to believe yeah. that she tapes these gatherings for Russell. She is basically Heidi Flies. Cuz while she's on the phone with Cordy, she's popping pills. Oh yeah. And drowning them with with vodka. With vodka. Yeah. So like she's definitely I got the impression she knows that she's she was, sending these chicks to their death. Right. She yeah. feels guilty about it. Yeah. She's, uh, she's basically Heidi Fleiss, vampire's version of Heidi Fleiss. <laughs> right. <know>. Right. <clears throat> so we cut to, um, back to Angel's house and he's packing a bag with lots of fucking shit in it. And, uh, Doyle's like, wow, like you're going to war. He's like, well, with your age, you've probably been to, seen a few, huh? And Angel says, 14, not counting Vietnam. And Doyle looks at him and he goes, they never declared it. <laughs> so, now, Angel's how old? Like 200 and... 200 and some odd years old. And he's, in, and he's 14 fucking wars and Vietnam. I, I find it... Well, anyway, forget it. Um... <laughs> <clears throat> cut to Cordy riding in the limo and she's happy as it oh. well it seems like a lot until you consider the fact that in all of recorded history the world as a whole has only known 100 years of peace yeah like, no, it, it wasn't that wars, so. what what i was gonna bring up um was that i don't see angel part- partaking in wars until after he would have gotten his soul back from the oh no! They never said he partook in wars; just that he's seen them. Oh well, okay. Anyway, uh, Cordy's now in the limo, and she's happy as fuck. Um, she's 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 giddy. Obviously, this is more up to uh, the Cordelia Chase. We know this is more up to her standards here. And uh, cut back to Angels and. Um, you know, he's he's ready to go. He's got his bag packed, bag of war supplies, and and Doyle's like, well, I'll be there with you in spirit. And Angel tosses him the keys, and he's like, you're driving. And Doyle's like, no, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not combat ready. I'm just a messenger. And Angel says, I'm the message. And they go. And uh, 
<laughs> Cordy has now arrived, and the butler brings her up to Russell, and Russell's like, you know, you can go. We would like to be alone, and uh, butler leaves, and she's going around looking at the place. It is a very fucking big and a very fucking nice place. And she's like, wow, you know, the curtains and everything, and she's looking at all the different stuff, and and um, she uh, she sits down on the couch at one point and kind of admits that, you know, Shit hasn't been going all that well for her uh, as of what she thought was going to happen. And she's, you know, kind of talked a little bit also about her her former rich life, which is no more, and how since right. coming to L.A. also hasn't really worked out. And um, we cut to, we cut to uh, Angel and Doyle, who have now arrived at Russell's abode, and they're out at the... Um, the guard shack where the gate is to get in and uh, Angel gets out and he acts like he's just a lost goofy tourist and he's like da 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 and then he just immediately whack just smokes the guy right in the jaw and knocks him out <laughs> yanks yanks the cords out of the cameras and um, he's grabs his bag out of the back of the uh, car and he's like tells Doyle he said if I'm not if I'm not out in 10 minutes I'm not coming out and uh, Doyle's like okay um, we cut back. Cordy's still kind of, kind of going on about her woes and everything, and then she's like, "Well, anyway, anyway, I, I, I probably look terrible. I probably look like a mess. Let me, you know." She gets up and she's trying to find a mirror to check out her makeup and stuff, and can't find one. And then she's like, she looks at all the, she's like, "No mirrors," and she's like, "Wait, all these heavy curtains." She's like, "She's like, you're a vampire." <laughs> She just says that out of nowhere to Russell, and Russell's like, what? No, no, I'm not. He, like, says it just like that, like, no, I'm not. <laughs> she's like, you are too. And they start going back and forth, and then she kind of realizes, wait a minute, maybe I should have shut the fuck <laughs> up because <laughs> I'm now locked in this giant place with this fucking vampire. Right. And he's... At, w- at one point when they're going back and forth, she's like, I'm from Sunnydale. We had our own Hellmouth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, then we cut to back outside, and Angel is now um, affixing what appears to be a small bomb onto the electrical box outside of the house uh, with a timer set. And then... He cuts over, and he's kind of looking up to um, the second level where there's uh, uh, railing and stuff, and he's he's got a grappling hook, and he tosses that up and hooks it and starts climbing up. And uh, at that point, we cut back to Russell and Cordy, and he's like, well, you know, the truth is I'm glad you know. You know, now I don't have to do all the, the bullshit. I can just fucking eat you. And she's like, uh, deuces. And she bails out of that room and she's running through the house. He's, uh, you know, it's like the Jason chase. He's like walking. She's <laughs> running frantically. Ah! And he's just walking. And, um, he finally catches up to her and gets a hold of her. And he's all vamped out, you know, and he's about ready to, to go in for the bite when all of a sudden that, that, uh, little explosive that, Angel headset goes off, and woof, all the lights go off in the mansion. At which point, from the darkness, we hear Angel say, Russell Winters. And Russell's like, oh. And Angel steps out of the darkness and says, I've got a message for you from Tina. 
And he's like, and she says you're a real dick for eating her. <laughs> That's the message. Okay, I'm leaving. No. And Russell's like, you know, you've made a huge mistake. You shouldn't have come here. And Cordy's like, you don't know who he is, do you? She's like, you're going to get your ass kicked. I, <clears throat> the, the smile Cordelia had <laughs> on yeah, her face yeah. when she when she realized Angel was there and that Russell didn't know who Angel was. Right. She's like, you don't know who he is, do you? He's going to kick your ass. <laughs> At which point they go to fisticuffing and Angel is, in fact, pretty much handling Mr. Winters easily. Mm-hmm. Um, and then some guards show up and they, of course, have guns. Angel grabs Cordy and spins around and takes the gunshots in his back and jumps with her off the railing down to the first floor, and they get the fuck out. Well, at the same time, Doyle (laughs) hears the gunshots going off, and he's like, that's it, fuck this, I'm out. (laughs) He fucking backs out and and starts to leave, and he gets, you know, a little bit down the road, and he's like, damn it. And he spins around, and he comes back, and he's like, and he's like, fuck it, and he just floors it, and he's heading full speed towards the gate, fucking hits the gate nothing happens he bounces off (laughs) (laughs) and he's like uh strong gate (laughs) uh and now the car is all kind of crunched up and smoking i was like oh it's a nice car um at which point angel and cordy arrive um they jump in well angel kind of falls in because he's got a bunch of bullets in him and um which we got to talk about this in in this next scene they get in, Doyle speeds off. Um, we get back to Angel's place, and they're patching Angel up. Well, first, he's... Oh, shit, who was it? Was it Doyle that was digging in him for the bullet? Yeah. Yeah. He's got, like, a long pair of fucking hemos, and he's digging in his fucking... In the bullet... In the wound to pull the bullet out. Why is this necessary? He's a vampire. Probably still doesn't want bullets in him. Yeah, but wouldn't it just come out? No. Why would it just? Why would it just come out? It does in Immortals. <laughs> you're you're mixing universes now. Yeah, but you're telling me that every every time a vampire gets hurt or like gets a fucking bullet in them, they have to have, go have somebody dig it out. Probably. Oh, fucking stupid, stupid, stupid. <laughs> Anyway, and they have to put a fucking Band-Aid on his wound? Well, that part, I think, is unnecessary. I mean, come on, he's fucking supposed to heal. Anyway. Uh, That's actually something I always had an issue with with Highlander, was that when they heal... Well, actually, wait, when did they ever show that the bullets just come out? In Endgame. Well, fuck that movie. Oh, okay. (laughs) <laughs> okay. Um, well, here's the thing. This is what I always thought. This is what I always pictured happened, even though it was never, like, shown. Okay, did, did you ever see... Um, I'm sure you did. I, I believe it was... Um, was it Wolverine Origins, or was it Wolverine... The one Wolverine movie where he gets... Sh- or, wait a minute. It might have been one of the X-Men movies, like X2. He gets shot... Right, in the head. I think in the head, and then you see slowly the bullet come out, and and but then it healing. drops out, and then it heals. 
his healing factor is what I kind of always felt like Immortal's healing factor was like. Like the body would just expel the foreign object, you know, and then the healing yeah. process would be. That's what I always pictured Highlander Immortal healing to be like. But, you know. Okay. That's kind of what I always pictured any, like, supernatural healing type creature, like, thing. Because it's like, otherwise, okay, let's say they're in a war. Um, They're in the war of whatever. And they get hit with a bunch of fucking shrapnel from a... You're telling me they got to spend the next, like, ten years pulling fucking shrapnel out of their body? Like, I don't know. It just it takes away from the magic of... Like, oh, we get, well, let's put a fucking Band-Aid on you now. What if you don't? Is he right. going to fucking die? That kind of defeats the right. purpose of being immortal. You know? Right. I don't know. Yeah, the the bandage thing I agree with. I never understood that. No. The, the digging the bullets out, like, I see where you're coming from, but... Yeah. Okay, well. Now, Cordy does have a good line in this little... Because it's a quick scene, but she's like, when Doyle finally gets the bullet out... <laughs> She's like, oh, thank God. She's like, she's like, I thought I was gonna faint while barfing, <laughs> and uh, I thought that was a pretty good line. And um, she's like, so now we're we're all it's all good now, right? Like he's not gonna come after me anymore, right? It's he'll leave me alone, and we're safe. I'm safe, right? Angel knows. Nope. So, what happens, James? We cut to the next day, and what's going on? I'll let you Angel, uh, have the good stuff. Angel. Uh, stalks into a top floor conference room at Russell Winters Enterprises where Russell is having a meeting with Lindsay and other representatives of Wolfram and Hart um, and Angel confronts Russell and Russell's basically like listen I pay my taxes and this and that, and I don't make waves and I don't cause trouble and I keep my name out of the news. And, you know, as a result, I can do whatever the fuck I want. And Angel is completely unimpressed and he proceeds to put his foot on Russell's chair in between Russell's legs and he leans down close to Russell and he asks Russell, can you fly? And Russell kind of looks confused and angel proceeds to give the chair a kick or a push, whatever. And Russell crashes through the window with his chair into the sunlight and like 30 stories up <laughs> he's screaming um as as he's falling and he bursts into flames and dusts midair and we see the chair and a bunch of ashes come crashing to the ground outside the building and Angel's like, I guess not. And he calmly turns around and starts to walk away. And, uh, oh, I should mention 
uh, previously Lindsay had handed Angel a business card. And as Angel's walking away, he slides the card into Lin- into the breast pocket of Lindsay's suit jacket and pats his chest and walks away. And Lindsay pulls out his cell phone and he calls someone and he sets up a meeting at I he sets up a meeting at like four o'clock, I think it was, not that it matters. And he's like, There's there's a new player in town. And then he's like, No, there's no reason to involve the senior partners, not yet anyway. And then we cut back to Angel's place and Angel picks up the phone and he dials and it rings and someone picks up. And what do we hear on the other end of the line, Jeremy? Tammy. It's Tammy. She's like, hello. She's like, like, hello. (laughs) Hello. Is this my stalker again? What are you wearing? (laughs) (laughs) No, No, it's Buffy. He hears Buffy. We hear the hello, hello from the previous episode from the of Buffy that aired. So we would, it was the first of many, many, uh, however small or however big uh, crossovers between. Yeah. Actually, well, <clears throat> I maybe not unless if you, I guess if you count. David's brief appearance at the bronze in in the first But that wasn't supposed to be him. That's true. So That's I true. wouldn't I I don't count that one. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah, I wouldn't either. Yeah. Um and he of course hangs up without talking to her. And then what happens? Um Oh. Then he comes out and Doyle's like, you know, good job, bro. And uh, Angel's like, meh. And he's like, well, you know. And they hear screaming. Like, blood-curdling fucking scream. Well, he, Angel's kind of like, he's down on himself. He's like, you know, how. Yeah, know, I didn't, what, I didn't I, save the girl. Right, and, he's like, I killed a vampire. You know, what good does that do Tina now? You know, she's dead. And Doyle's like, well, you know, I don't know. There's a, there's. Uh, a young lady upstairs who's, you know, pretty happy right now. And then we hear Cordelia scream. Go go ahead. Go ahead. No, finish it up. Oh, no. You you came in. No, no, no. no, no. no oh, I go. insist. No, 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 no. Please go. I'm I'm sorry. Please go. No, no. Uh, so she, they go running up there because they hear this blood-curdling scream. And... Well, no. What happens is... No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> you fucking dick. Uh... And she's like cleaning the 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 office area upstairs, and they're like, and what it was is she had saw she had seen a roach, <laughs> and they're like, what the f- fuck are you doing? Long story short, she's like, listen, we should make this a business, you know, you help people and blah blah blah. She's like, we'll charge the rich people, you know, the rich one, because she's like. You're in L.A., you're bound to get rich clients, too. Charge the rich ones, you know? And she's like, and then you just pay me a flat fee. (laughs) And she's kind of, like, squirrely about it. And he realizes that 
he knows what's going on. He realizes that she, this is something she needs, and I think he's kind of in. I think he's kind of intrigued by it. I think he's kind of like, hmm, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, maybe, you know, give it a shot, see what happens, you know. So he's like, he's just like, okay, you know, he hands her the thing, and and she's like, dope, son, deuces, and she goes back to cleaning. And that's the end of our episode. Is it? Isn't it? No. Well, she's like, she's like, you know, oh, he agrees. And she's like, well, only until my inevitable stardom kicks in. Right. And then we do the, we do the. Right. Doyle, Doyle tells Angel, he's like, you know, you, you made a good choice. She'll provide a connection to the world. She's got a very humanizing influence. And Angel kind of smiles, and he's like, "You think she's a hottie?" And and this has Whedon written all over it. Doyle says, "Yeah, she's a stiffener." Uh, right? I was like, I can't believe they got a. Uh. And then um, we do the right the and finishing. Doyle, um, Doyle's like, you know, there's a lot of people in this city that need helping, and Angel's like, so I noticed. And Doyle says, "You game." And then we cut to L.A. at night, uh, and then L.A. and then Angel standing on top of a building, looking over the city, and he says, "I'm game." And that is the end of our series premiere of Angel. Ain't it something? Um, a little behind the scenes here that I didn't get to while we were talking. Uh. Uh, about the episode um the vampire prosthetics except for angel specifically were a design that hadn't been used before and were only used in this episode thankfully because they did not look good right angels did uh, like you said because his were his yeah the his old school the ones yeah these new ones were oh they were horrible yeah um the original draft of the script revealed that angel was originally intended to include the character whistler right played by max perlich who had already been featured as angel's guide in um buffy episodes becoming part one and part two um perlich said in an interview uh regarding the show i never got a i never got called again if they had called, I would have probably accepted because it was a great experience. And I think Joss is a very, is very original and talented. Um, but, in, but, uh, instead for whatever reason, the producers decided to create Doyle who is very Whistler like, um, and spoilers, he doesn't last. Stop it. What? Who? What? Where? Um, I've, I'm deliberately trying to avoid that this season <laughs> because we do have at least one person who's a first time viewer. We do. Darlene. I know being a smart oh. ass. <laughs> um, and there's something, there's certain things that, especially in angel that like you need to have that. Oh my God. I impact. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to spoil everything. You're such a dick, <laughs> such a dick. <laughs> Um, can you guess how, what our body count was this week? Um, or this episode? Three. Six. 
What? Oh, I, uh, yeah. Two of them for sure I forgot about. Oh, well, you suck. It's okay. I know. Now, are you counting the two that he kill, obviously killed in the elevator? No. Well, then we had eight. <laughs> he did not kill them. He definitely did. Uh, our 100%. music this week, uh, Gus Gus with Lady Shave and Teenage Sensation, Howie Beck, Maybe I Belong, Wellwater Conspiracy, Right of Left Field, and I'm Game by series composer Christoph Beck. Jeremy. Yes, James? Um, I skipped Monsterology because there was none. Yeah. Like I said, um, we should just do away with that. Why don't you uh, fuck right off? <laughs> uh, Jeremy. Yes, 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 yes. Why don't you tell me? Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. On a scale of one to five. Uh huh. Right. How many flying vampires do you give this episode? I've went. Oh, I've gone back and forth. I'm going to give it a four. Okay. I'm going to go with a four because I think it's a hell of a good series opening episode. To me, okay, how do I explain this without shitting on Welcome to the Hellmouth? Because I'm not not trying to shit on Welcome to the Hellmouth. But this this as a series opener is much uh, slicker and um, obviously because they have – you know, Joss has got four, three seasons of Buffy now under his belt. He knows what the fuck is going on. He knows what he wants this show to be. We all know the character of Angel. Um, so, yeah, he's got that as a benefit. But it's a hell of a good series premiere episode. A lot of series premiere episodes aren't this good. Right. And when you go back and you love a show and you go back and you watch the beginning of, of a series and you're like, ooh, that, that series opener was not so hot, was it? Right. Um, or sometimes the first entire two seasons. Yeah, sometimes. Um, so you can go fuck yourself. Um, the, uh, <laughs> the, yeah, because I know exactly what you're alluding to, prick. <laughs> uh, the, <laughs> the, uh, no, it's, it's, it's really good. There, I don't have any major complaints about this entire episode. T- tiny little things, you know, like we always do, just to break balls. Um, and just like I said about this week's Buffy episode, it's a very, it's a perfect um, episode that's self-contained, and yet it also lays out, you know, kind of what we're going to ramp into. You know, we, we, we meet this Wolfram and Hart agency. We hear about this, quote-unquote, the powers that be. We meet Doyle. Uh, we see Cordy's going to be part of this whole thing. So, you know, a lot like this week's Buffy episode, man. It's a solid four to me. Um, and plus, I love this show, so it's maybe that's a little... <laughs> maybe yeah. I'm a little, uh, you know sugared up by that but yeah i love this show so it's a four um james yes sir tell me and our and our uh fine fine audience on a scale of one to five how many terrible vampire makeups do you give this episode uh well 
for the first time ever, mm-hmm. I am going to break our scale for a premiere. This is a six, dude. Whoa. For me, okay. personally. Okay. There, there is nothing wrong with this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, Plus, you did you did climax at the beginning. I did climax right a couple so times. That probably helped um, you out during the episode. No, there's nothing wrong about this episode. There's nothing wrong with it. It's it's a, a perfect series premiere, um, especially as a, a spinoff of a flagship show. Mm-hmm. Um, much like we both said about the season four premiere of Buffy, it does a good job of um, catching us up and picking us up with our established characters and where they're at. Uh, in this new setting, uh, this new environment with Angel and Cordy, uh, it does a good job of giving us introductions to um, our other main character in Doyle. It does, and even though it's a self-contained story, which is which is very good in and of itself, it does a good job of planting the seeds of uh, what's to come in the grander scheme of things as the show progresses with not only the powers that be, but uh, Lindsay and Wolfram and Hart and the senior partners. Um, so, yeah, this is a six for me. All right. I can get behind it. All right. Hey, James, can you do me a, just, just a small favor? Yes, I'll let you see it again. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> uh, no, just um, let our, our, our fabulous audience know how the hell they can get in touch with us, whether they want to be nice or even if they want to shit on us. I will. Okay. They can go to BuffyRevisited.com, mm-hmm. and they're going to find links to our Facebook our YouTube, and a link to our email, which is BuffyRevisited at gmail.com. If you go to Facebook, uh, they can leave us comments on any of our posts. We post regularly, uh, at least one. Well, now it'll be twice a week, at least. Um, So you can leave us comments on any of our posts. If you go to YouTube, you can watch the video version of this podcast that you're listening to. This very one. Can you believe that? I love technology. Can you believe that? I just love it. Um, and you can leave us comments there. Of course, you can email us, like I said, at BuffyRevisited.com and reach out to us. You know, leave us uh, comments about uh, the episode um, that we are currently revisiting, uh, the the series uh, overall, both of them, Buffy and Angel. Um, comments about uh the podcast itself and what you think of, uh, of us and, and how we're doing and whatnot. Um, suggestions. Yeah. Suggestions. Yeah. But definitely reach out to us. We, we 100% love hearing from you guys. We love engaging in, in uh, conversation with you guys about these shows. Um, we love hearing about hearing your, your own thoughts and opinions and reviews and ratings of the shows. Um, any new listeners uh, that are listening or any old listeners that haven't yet, please go check out the Facebook. You'll see 
um, especially with uh, with uh, season three, um, a, a lot more uh, interaction from from a couple of listeners, uh, particularly Darlene and Catherine, um, posting their own uh, thoughts and, and reviews and ratings of the shows and commenting on our our reviews and uh, some some uh, ongoing conversation about episodes, um, which we love. That that is really what we we uh, would love to see more of. Uh, happening um so yeah please reach out to us as i said in the 80s reach out and touch someone (laughs) literally um (laughs) so yeah um next week james we will be jumping into buffy season four episode two living conditions yes and i can't wait for that one because i well i don't want to give anything away but I can't wait for that one. Um, okay, so with everything, uh, I guess we're done with everything. So with <laughs> that being said, uh, thanks for joining us this week. We will see you next week for Buffy and Angel. I've been one of your hosts. I'm Jeremy. I'm your other host, James. Toodaloo. Toodaloo.